Hello and welcome to another episode of One for the Table. I'm your sensual, seductive hostress, the mostress. That's not a word. Kimchi. <laughs> and I'm just Ken. Hi, this is John Kong. <laughs> Hi, that himbo. His name is John. Um, <laughs> thank you for tuning to our podcast weekly. We were laughing at ourselves um, the other day because we answered listener questions last week. And then um, after we recorded them, we got a DM from one of our listeners <laughs> who like asked a question that we never got to. And literally in all caps was like, please answer the question. And it, the thing is, like, it's a good question as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start. Like, yeah, we're oh, going to start with it. going to hate us. <laughs> <laughs> I think his name is Teddy. It's T-D-D-Y. And also, um, he doesn't follow us on our uh, Instagram. I don't know if Damn, he Teddy. Or if you like Damn, Teddy. Us. Wait, wait, watch that. <laughs> watch like he just unfollowed after that episode where it's like, wow, they answered every question except question for about mine. mine. Unfollow. Yeah. <laughs> we just ran out of time. So, Teddy, please follow us again. Um, we appreciate you. All right. Uh, this was Teddy's question. What are your thoughts on American white cooking culture always lumping all Asian cuisine types into just simply Asian? Cooking shows such as MasterChef will make sure to spotlight Italian, German, and French-specific dishes, but then also going to say, I made Asian ribs. Mm, it's such a good question. My personal favorite thing that I like love doing is when someone says, like, oh, I made Asian chicken salad, I like to look at them directly in the eye and I would say, what makes it Asian? <laughs> and then there was like, oh, there's like oranges. I was like, oh, those are clementines. Yeah. <laughs> they get this look and like, did I fuck up? <laughs> yeah. And then, or sometimes it'll just be like some like wonton crisp in like their chicken salad, you know, or like little bits of like cilantro, you know. Yes. I mean, yes, there are ingredients used in Asian cooking, but like Asia is a huge continent with like billions of people. And I guess to summarize, like something is Asian this. But I think it goes down to their lack of Asian cuisine to, like, specify. Mm. Because I feel like us as Asians, like, we know the difference between, like, Thai flavors, Vietnamese flavors, Japanese flavors, Korean flavors, like, Malaysian flavors, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, still to the general American public, you say Asian chicken salad and you're going to think of, like, salads with wonton crisp and mandarin chicken. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, like, oh... Our ribs have a Szechuan, like, spices, but then I'll taste it and I'm like, what Szechuan spices? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also, like, Szechuan, you know, there are millions of spices, you know, like, in, in, like, Szechuan cooking alone. So, like, calling something, like, Szechuan spice is, like, the equivalent of, like, this is, like, American Southern spice. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, first of all, Margaret Cho had, like, the best skit. Back in the day, I think she talked about this stuff in like the early 2000s about the like Asian chicken salad mm-hmm. and actually based off, I, I have Asian chicken salad in my cookbook and I based it off of that skit because it was like your typical, like the Asian chicken salad like that you'd get from like Wendy's and they mm-hmm. would have like those canned oranges, a sweet and sour teriyaki salad dressing with like the noodles and stuff. And I was just like, oh, God. And, and she literally like would say, like, this is not the salad of my people. And it was so good. And the way that she would react to it. And it all comes out of that, that like 
overgeneralization, but that it, it's not even the ignorance at this point. It's the laziness. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the most offensive part about it, where it's just like, oh, they're not just lumping it all together. Like, it's the fact that they can't be bothered to, like, go even deeper into it. Mm-hmm. It's offensive in that way where it's like, oh, they're all the same and there's no real need to, like, dig deeper. And as you said, like, Asia's really big. It's not just East Asians. It's not just Southeast Asians. It's also South Asians. And it's also, like, technically fucking Russians, too. Like, mm-hmm. Asia's huge. And there's so many different, like cultures and countries and peoples in there and to just like lump it all together and just all call it Asian as like a safety net to not be offensive, but it overgeneralizes to the point that it is offensive. I feel like it's like liberal laziness where it's like, Mm -hmm. we want to be sensitive, but I don't care enough to actually be accurate. Mm. Whereas like, like conservative offensiveness is just like fucking racism, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's giving... Nancy Pelosi kneeling in a kente cloth. Like, you don't even know what you're talking about or why you're doing what you're doing. You're just doing it because, like, you want to look good and you want to, like, feel like you did enough. Yeah, agreed. Do you remember that um, recent controversy with crack sauce? Uh, no. There was, like, a creator that was like, oh, today we're going to make delicious crack sauce. Mm. Like, it's so good, you won't be able to stop eating it. And it's, it's, um, uh, it's, and that, it's like, song. Lao? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they were making like Jossom and they couldn't call it Jossom for whatever reason. And they were calling it a crack sauce. So um, I think Thang, who's like a yes, creator, it was a like, really That was like a really beautiful video that he did about it. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't call this like, like, you know, crack is, don't call like the sauce, you know, like of our culture, like something offensive mm-hmm. and like highly addictive and dangerous. But mm-hmm. Call it by his name, Lao sauce. Or sorry, mm-hmm. Jossom. <laughs> Love us, and, oh my god and that Canceling also myself. like right and that also is like i think that part is like that doesn't really fall under like the laziness and the the ignorance of it as much as like when people do that like that's like attempted appropriation that's like one purpose one person's attempt to, at appropriating something and like giving something a name Uh, And trying to like take ownership of the name. People in the food space do it all the time where they try to rename a dish using like a clever little thing, like a clever string of words Mm -hmm. and trying to take ownership of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And like that, that's such a like a BuzzFeed era of food where they just like rename and normally they rename some kind of something from Asia or Africa or South America, like obvious or the global South. And they're just like, take a technique, take a thing and take a dish and just rename it and repackage it for like Western consumption and try to take ownership of that. And it's actually kind of like (laughs) in to me, it hurts a lot more when you see your own people try to do with that. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any kind of like example. Wh- who was the person that tried to call it crack sauce? Were they also like Lao or South Asian? I don't think so, no. Okay, no, okay, then that's just appropriation. But like, I've actually seen some like Chinese creators try to like 
change the name off of a Chinese name and try to like do something clever and try to take ownership of that. I was like, girl, mm-hmm. you're, it really do be your own people sometimes. <laughs> and also what tickles me is um, when, let's say, a Korean creator is introducing like a Korean dish um, like to the Western audience, mm-hmm. but um, Korean isn't their like first language. Boom. Um, yeah. So then they completely butcher the pronunciation of the dish, uh, mm-hmm. which like I think it's fine, but also takes you like two seconds to like Google how it's pronounced. And you're also like, I bet you you're related to somebody who can tell you how to say it too, mm-hmm. unless you're like you know adopted. But that's neither here nor there. Like you can find out how it's pronounced. Like I think it was like this like one like Korean creator who. Um, was making tteokbokki, but they're like, today I'm going to make tteokbokki. And I'm like... Not tteokbokki. Tteokbokki, yeah. I was like, <laughs> and again, I understand, you know, like, Korean isn't your first language, but like, yeah. there's so much tteokbokki content that's out there. <laughs> like, it would have taken you like one second to figure out how to pronounce it correctly, you know? So, if you're going out of your way to make content to educate people on how to make tteokbokki, I feel like the first step you could have done is... Learn how to pronounce tteokbokki correctly, so you're telling are, people correctly. But are we sure this isn't like a way that this creator is like trying to drive engagement? Because there are some people that purposefully mispronounce mm. things to like fire up the comments. It's like those people that like in the middle of that they're cooking demo, you see like a random like cockroach like scrolling by, yes. or then you see like random mice in the corner, just like yes. so people. Like, and like mispronouncing foods is like one of the best ways to do that. There's a person that's called like tzatziki tepotekai sauce. <laughs> and like, it just went viral because of that. Like, mm. and there were so many like video reactions. So whenever somebody like mispronounces something a little bit too obviously, I always mm-hmm. just assume like, oh, they're trying to get People in their comments fired off. Oh. Okay. So maybe he does know how to say it. Maybe he's saying it in Korean. Maybe we're not doing things right. We you know, need to be mispronouncing. Whenever we cook like American food, um, <laughs> like uh, today I'll be making sausage and biscuit. <laughs> biscuit. Like I don't even you know like that, huh? Right, right. <laughs> like, oh, today I'll be making I'm making bowl. Leia. <laughs> Freed's chicken. <laughs> Freed chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> turn, turn the tables on them. Turn the tables I don't know who. Right, right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Speaking of turning the tables, um, you've actually had a really cool week this week. You've been very busy. <laughs> I have. I just got back from New York and um, I spent the whole week there. I was doing like just a mini book tour stop um, in New York City. And most interestingly, I was on the Drew Barrymore show. It was my first time on national TV. And it was really scary. I'm like, do you feel famous? I don't. (laughs) Do you feel like you're better than everybody else? That was the situation before I was on TV. Yeah, no, it was, I was super nervous. I was like pacing backstage and stuff like that, just back and forth before my Mm -hmm. segment. And it was so dumb too, because like I was so scared and so freaked out. And like my heart was racing up until the thing. And the segment itself was like 11 minutes. 
mm-hmm. like 13 minutes long. Like it was so, so fast. But one thing I will say, like, um, Drew is so nice. Like she was so warm and so kind. And immediately as soon as like she came up, she gave me a hug and she knew all mm-hmm. this stuff about me. She really made me feel like, you know, that it was like just a good experience. And also the hilarious Ross Matthews was there. I did not know. I'm not a person who watches daytime TV. I didn't know he was on the show, but he was. And he was really nice too. Oh, Ross is nice. Yeah. Like backstage, like we were getting right, we were in like hair and makeup mm-hmm. together and he was just like super, super nice, which is, I don't know why I expected, why I was super surprised by that. But like, you know, you you, you just don't know people. I know. To me, like Ross always gives off like that Pillsbury Doughboy energy. Not like a terrible appearance, but he's always like so jolly and like <laughs> giggly. Exactly. No, he he is that he is he is bright and jolly and just like yeah. It, and it's genuine. It comes from a genuine mm-hmm. place. It's yeah. at least it seems like it comes from a genuine place. He also came into like the dressing room knowing stuff about me, which is like understandably like that just means like they're really good at their jobs to mm-hmm. know the people that they're about to go on camera with and stuff like that so they can have like an established rapport but yeah no ross was great and mm-hmm. knew that we were from detroit and stuff like that i'm not sure ross knew that we were friends and like we have like had a connection to drag race like that but i'm sure he didn't dig in that far <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> it's like i know everything about you john kong I know you live in Detroit. I know you have a podcast with Kim Chi. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know your shoe size. Yeah. I know everything there is to know about you. <laughs> All for an 11 minute segment. <laughs> and so, yeah, I made uh, fried rangoons, barbecue pork fried rangoons with Yum. Drew and Ross. It looked really good. It looked like they put a lot of ketchup in that rangoon. Is that how you normally? They put. So much ketchup in the Rangoon. Um, no. It's that, I was that's, like looking at the segment and I'm like, that's like, there's more ketchup than like pork in that Rangoon. Pork in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think like that, that, that was just like, uh, <laughs> they just wanted to show the bowl, like mixing stuff, but like we didn't use that. They had some prepared stuff mm-hmm. that was already chilled because under like the lights and stuff, everything was already like too liquid to make it. Like, yeah. When we ate it, it was actually, it turned out really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really cook any of it or do any of the prep because they have like a kitchen staff that made sure everything was right. I just did the mm-hmm. steps, but it was still my recipe. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to make my ketchup rangoon. <laughs> Your ketchup rangoon. <laughs> it looked delicious. I, I want it. You know, uh, actually, also another thing that was really fun when I was in New York is I got to do a collab with Dan Pelosi, oh. Grossi Pelosi. Mm-hmm. I will say he probably has my favorite chili sauce recipe out there right well, now. Well, really? Like he does like an Italian, oil? like a chili oil. Like oh. his chili oil is so good. And you know why? It's because like his is like an Italian inspired chili oil and stuff. He literally... Like deep fries tomato paste oh. in his chili oil, and it's so caramelized and it's so sweet. And he uses garlic and stuff. It is so good. It is so good. It could stand to be a little spicier, but like otherwise, like we did like a collab where we both did a fried egg, and he fried an egg in his chili oil, and I fried an egg in ginger scallion sauce, and we got some New York pizza, and like we put it. Our, our eggs on together mm-hmm. but his chili oil was so good to the point where it's like 
you know how you never want to bring stuff back in your yeah. suitcase or anything like that. I I considered it. <laughs> Whoa, I considered. It good. I considered. I considered risking my luggage by putting like chili oil in there with all my clothes. I didn't because we didn't really have a good enough container. But like I. I thought about it. Okay, you could put it in like a mason jar and like wrap it in saran wrap and then put it in a Ziploc bag and... Yeah, but like I, you know, I was in Brooklyn. I didn't want to like do all that and then I mean, get Brooklyn on the subway. I mean, saran wrap and Ziploc bags. <laughs> yeah, but we were, at, we were at his house and stuff like that. Oh, I, just, okay. I just like wanted to go home after that. So, right, so it was, you didn't it was want to super... take it home that bad. <laughs> it, was, it was good. Anyways, uh, what's his... I think his book is called Let's Eat. Um, okay. So, and so, if I mean, you're if, luckily, you have the ability to replicate the recipe. Yes, yes, and and also that where it's like I have his cookbook. Mm-hmm. I also like know how to make chili oil. I saw him do it, so I was like, I don't really need to bring this back with me. Mm-hmm. But I definitely like it was it was a tasty and delicious thing. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, for Valentine, how was your Valentine's Day? Oh, um, my friend had a single girl's crab boil. So we just boiled crabs and corn, just like simply. And just like mm-hmm. the thin garlic butter. Because um, Dungeness crabs are in season right now. And I mean, I'm sure the price varies everywhere. But the Chinese market here is like five ninety nine a pound. Are you, are you shitting me? That I'm is such you. a good deal. Last year, like, when when it was like three ninety nine a pound, there was like a line out the door of like people like buying crabs. But yeah, it wasn't as cheap as like, that. But for Dungeness like, crab, that's like what ten dollars, twelve dollars a crab. Uh huh. That is so good. Oh, and then crab. all you have to do is just literally boil it in a pot with like onions, right? And there's so much meat in them. Uh huh. And it, you know, it was fresh. Mm-hmm. And Dungeness crabs are very satisfying because, um, like a lot of the king crabs, you know, like come frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, blue crabs are blue crabs, but like Dungeness like crabs are just like the meat is like dense and sweet. Yeah, and, and sweet and mm-hmm. so good. Uh, and then you like crack the shell open, and then the the crab roe you mix it with rice. You know, I squeeze in a little butter and lemon in there too, and you mix it all up and. <laughs> One of my favorite things that's going to happen this summer is like one of my close friends who happens to also be like a neighbor who lives like a couple blocks away mm-hmm. is installing a pool into his house. Oh, and so I Detroit. told him, I was like, yeah, in Detroit, he's, he's putting a pool in. And it's not like a big pool, but it's definitely like mm-hmm. a gay sitting around pool. Oh, and I was just like, okay, and- yes. And I'm going to, we're, we're going to christen your pool with a crab boil. Like I will come oh. over and we will do it because he loves food and you know mm-hmm. he loves to eat and he loves cooking and stuff so like we're gonna do a crab boil at your house because crab boil by the pool just sounds so nice is it like an indoor pool or an outdoor pool it's an outdoor pool oh outdoor pool mission wow yeah it's like a th- thing like you can he's they're engineers and so mm-hmm. like they they do they they're engineers with a like exquisite taste um, so they're they did a, they're doing a really good job of making it just like a feature in their backyard and also okay. like the houses and there's so much space in their yard so like mm. it's no it's nothing just to spend some of it on a pool. Honestly, I admire people like who know how to like fix up their homes <laughs> and like install things. See if you mm-hmm. don't, 
it costs so much money to like hire like contractors like to do all that and they might not even do a good job. I did Task Rabbit once. Mm-hmm. And it was with it was for something that I kind of already knew how to do. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to go through the hassle of doing it. And it was so expensive. It was like extending and installing some gas piping so that I could like plug in my gas mm-hmm. um a dryer, washer dryer. And I like I spent like eight hundred bucks on this fucking task rabbit. Yeah. And I like ended up redoing his work anyway. Mm. I was so mad. I was like, what the hell? And I was like, this is like what people do for like all the time, for everything. Like mm-hmm. for me, it was like, okay, I didn't want to go through and I didn't want to redo gas piping, but mm-hmm. that, like, seriously? You know what Tathrak is great for? What? Putting IKEA furniture together. And I say this because, um, I put together many IKEA furnitures in the past, but then there's always like a step or two that I fuck up and then the entire like bookshelf is like slightly crooked, but then <laughs> there's no way to fix it without like undoing the whole thing. Yeah. So I was like one time I was like, let me just hire a task rabbit. <coughs> and there are task rabbit folks like that just specialize in putting together IKEA furniture. Well, IKEA owns task rabbit. Oh, now. is that why? Okay. Yeah. Fork. Well, they came and like they put together like all the bookshelves that I had, like which normally would have taken me like hours in like mm-hmm. one hour, and they were like so sturdy and it were perfect, and it didn't even cost that much. And I'm like, all right, some things I'll leave it to professionals. I, at the risk of sounding really bougie, <laughs> no, what? tell us, tell us, aside from your. State-of-the-art ovens and inductions and, you know, what, I, else, what, else, what else do you have? I haven't had to really, like, put together a lot of the furniture. Like, since moving into this house, a lot of the furniture mm-hmm. that I've purchased comes pre-assembled. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I haven't had to do it. But I will say, little John loves assembling for He loves Legos. He's that gay. Like mm-hmm. he loves Legos. He loves, so like he likes putting stuff together so I don't have to really worry about it. And so like, yeah, I've put together like one bookshelf in the past three, four years. It's really nice. Damn. So you guys have like a perfect like harmony. He puts together furniture, mm-hmm. you cook the meals. Mm-hmm. Um, he does laundry. He does laundry one now. Top, the other one bottoms. Like, wow, I'll talk about investment. <laughs> Oh, we're just... It's the, as if you were, like, meant for each other. <laughs> it's the American dream. I'm a nuclear family. Two men and two pit bulls. Uh, and you have a house. Mm-hmm. My um, latest guilty pleasure has been... Um, so, Architecture Digest has all these, like, videos of, like, celebrity home tours. Oh, where they say, hey, AD. Yeah. And I've been, yeah. like... I love watching them and, like... I'm just like fascinated by them. And all the celebrities all have like the same oven. You know why? Why? Because A, they're, they, most of them don't plan on cook. They, they, they have like one or two, one of two different brands of ovens. It's always the two same companies. Mm-hmm. And they like to buy those because whenever you have, whenever you put your home as a celebrity on 
architectural digest, that generally means they're going to sell that house really soon. Mm. So they can list it as seen on a architectural digest. And those stoves, like those are like stoves for like rich people who don't cook. Mm. So they don't function as what much? They, I mean, no, they function great. I've actually used them. I actually like Mm -hmm. catered like a bajillionaire's at a bajillionaire's home and they had that stove and I was like, oh, this is really great. But at the same time, like, it's so nice that you are afraid to mess it up by mm. cooking on it. And I was you like, know, like my stove, you know, like, if like a broth spills over and then like it carbonizes, whatever, I'll just wipe it later. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is that thing is like... I, I don't know. You just, I get, well, you just have to be fine with, it's like walking, it's like, you know, having Louboutins where it's like, okay, the whole point is to like be so rich that you don't care that you're messing it up and scuffing Mm -hmm. up the bottoms of your shoes and like messing up the red paint at the bottom of the shoes and stuff like that. I guess like you, the point is having a stove that is so, so nice and that you're like, oh, I don't care about money. I'm just going to cook on this thing. But it doesn't really do anything that much better than the other stoves. It's just pretty. You see, it was mostly for like aesthetic. and It's definitely a very showy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very showy thing and a great thing to have in a house that you were about to list for like $25 million. I guess if you're like a bajillionaire or whatever, you're like, all right, well, I have all this money. I can't take it with me. What else can I spend it on? Or I, it I think like the stove. Yeah, I think the two most important rooms in the house that you're, you're trying to sell mm-hmm. to like focus on are like, the kitchen, and I think it's the main bathroom. Mm. I think those are the two things that like people really like, are, where people really spend time thinking about their lives in that house, mm-hmm. whether or not they actually do. Like, you know, yeah. the time that you spend in your kitchen is definitely your aspirational self, and the time you spend in the main bathroom is like what you're thinking about when you're getting ready for your day. So it's true. When people try to sell their homes or rent places, mm-hmm. they try to make sure the main bathroom and the kitchens are really nice. Like, yeah, I agree. Because if I were to get my dream house, um, I definitely want a kitchen with a beautiful island. Oh, I want an island so bad. Yes. Like, I've been wanting an island my entire life. And everybody I know has an island except for me. <laughs> Anyways. um, <laughs> And a uh, bathroom with... One of those like Japanese bathtub where it's like so deep. <gasps> oh, the onsen tubs. Yeah, because like as a tall person, regular bathtub. Yes. Like it's really like hard to like get like a full soak. Yes. You know, I like, will I also to... say though, those are extru- those are like a pain in the ass to get in and out of. But you know, it's worth it because if you only take a few baths yeah. at a time, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My tub is, I, I love the fact that my, my tub is really, really big. It could fit like two people comfortably. Mm-hmm. Me and Lil John comfortably. We just sit and soak in there. It must be nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I'll say, and also, I want a t- toilet, but I want like nothing on the toilet. Because you know like how some places in people's house, the toilets are like right next to the wall. Yeah. 
you know? So then like, what do you mean? Like in in a corner situation? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's uncomfortable. You know, like, not that I'm going, not that I'm like stretching like, like my legs like far open, but like spread eagle. (laughs) (laughs) But like, if I was like sitting in the toilet, I want like enough room where two people could be holding my hands from like each side if they wanted to. Okay. I mean, no one's going to I mean, the that, visual but... is a little odd, but like, I understand <laughs> the desire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get that. Well, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Face, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, like I love, um, and I don't have this, but it, it's so nice when people have like the, the water, the wash closets or like the, to- where, where, where the toilet, it's its own separate little tiny yes. chamber that, uh, yes. and it closes off from the rest yes. of the bathroom. Oh, that is. Yes. That's so luxe. Uh-huh. I love that so much. And like, I love it. I love hotels where they do that. Yes. Yes. Um, I just think it's, it, I don't know why, but it seems so dated and it ruins the whole experience whenever I see a telephone in there. Mm-hmm. I know it's so that you can call for help if something yeah. ever happens, but Emergency. it's like, eh. Rex. Yeah. Rex also, most of us are in our cell phone anyway. Yeah, it's true. Um, one thing, if when you get in your first, I, first of all, I, I will be designing the kitchen for your future home. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't like it when people like waste the space of their kitchen island by putting like a stove or a sink in there. Yeah, I agree. Like, bitch, like put that, put that in the back counter against the window. Mm-hmm. Like sinks mm-hmm. have to go. I don't know. Sinks have for me have to go under a window. I agree. Um, for me, like island. I want to set up a buffet if I'm having a get together. Exactly. And I I also like like, beautifully laid out. Right. And I also want like an island to possibly like be a makeshift table if that had to be, or like Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, that it has to be, you need all that. If you're not using all that counter space, then you're wasting your island. Um, I do love a waterfall look Mm. where the stone goes like, goes down the island and then goes down the one side. All the Kim Kardashian, like, that's that, I think. Well, I haven't seen hers. I haven't Mm. seen hers, but I do like it when it, like, goes down that one thing, as they call it, the waterfall. Mm. Um, But then it's, like, drawers on that side, and then it's empty on the other side. I think that's that's so pretty. Also, so obviously, I follow a lot of, like, um, communities with, like, like people, like, renovating their homes and stuff just because, like, I think it's fun. Mm Mm-hmm. So many people have like things that are like really, really deep and wide made out of metal that they have to like clean weekly. That's um, like, like what? why? What? But like what? It like it turns brown if you don't like keep up with like cleaning like constantly. Oh, that then then you've got then that just means don't you have like people who clean for you then? Is that what it is? I mean. I wouldn't have something if I, unless mm-hmm. I had people to clean for me, I wouldn't do something like that. Like, that's such a pain. Yeah. But it's like, even if you have people to clean, like, why would you want that? I mean, some people just want that. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I went against the, I felt like I was going against the design grain by like choosing dark or black counter, black marble countertops simply mm-hmm. because I didn't want to deal with showing stains. Like, mm-hmm. 
You must not be a baker. <laughs> I know. I know. Right? Well, it's one thing like, I, well, I, I don't. Yeah. There was when I, the one time I made pizza, there was like flour everywhere, but it also, on the other hand, like made it easy to clean. Cause it was easy to like find out where it was to wipe off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, white, white countertops for somebody who cooks. I don't, I don't recommend it cause it stains so easily. Or if yeah. you even like to drink a lot of red wine. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not neither of those things. <laughs> uh, I just want to like have an island, but then also like have a drawer in the island where I could put flour in it, like cooking with Shireen. Have you ever seen her? Um, oh my God. Cooking with drawer? Shireen's bucket drawers where uh-huh. it's like flour and sugar and uh-huh. <gasps> she yeah. like, it right out and she can like it's put so flour nice. like right on the counter and I'm like, oh, that is the dream. Yes. So good. People for people, I don't think a lot of people realize that she grew like she grew up in the industry. So like she mm-hmm. designed her and organizes her kitchens just like a, a cook would. So like she has a dream kitchen. Um yeah, it's so nice. Her and, and also, Pasta Queen have amazing. But even cushions. if I had that, I don't think I would use flour enough to the point where like, you know, it will get like bugs in it or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I keep my flour like in the basement in a vacuum sealed bin because I don't use flour. I don't bake very much. But yeah, same. We, we, can, we can replace it with rice. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's replace it with, with rice. Like, different types of rice, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, like a little drawer for short grain rice, a drawer for basmati. Mm. Uh, drawer for arborio, uh, drawer for jasmine, uh, for black rice, brown rice. Mm. Approve. And maybe like some drawer for like oatmeal, quinoa, and you know, or like mixed nuts to mix into the rice. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I want it. I want to. <laughs> I want an island. <laughs> you need a house for that. Well, I want a house too. <laughs> <sighs> Longingly looking out the window. Mm. At that yeah. one fig tree that's in the other lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I um at least you have figs. You can't eat them, but at least you have <laughs> yeah. figs. At least I have a lemon tree too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh for Valentine's Day, me and little John we had like a double date with a couple of other friends of mine from New York and they were super fun to be around. But like we went to this like Michelin starred uh, Italian restaurant and I think it had one star or something like mm-hmm. that. And like everything was fine, but like, I didn't see it you post a lot of my Instagram stories, so you must have not been impressed. Yeah. I I don't think I was not impressed, but to the point where like they had a Valentine's Day pre-feast menu and I couldn't tell and be then the reason why I didn't like really want to post about it or, or do anything mm-hmm. or, or say anything about it was because like, I don't know if they just like half-assed this menu. Mm-hmm. Maybe their Valentine's menu was, you know put together from a chef who was bitter and single and that's why it wasn't so great but mm. you know it, it, it's there was the, 
especially like in New York where there's so much clever shit going on mm-hmm. that nar- that was going on during Valentine's Day. There was there was a Valentine's Day um thing where like it was a chicken tender. It was a chicken tender Valentine's Day like meal at a restaurant and they were calling it chicken tenders. Oh. And it was like a single swipe thing. And I was like, that is so cute. That's so clever. Mm-hmm. That's like you put some thought into it. Yeah. Um, and this one was just like your basic, like, oh, there's a foie gras with this. There was a mm-hmm. pasta with that. And then it was just like, eh. I wasn't yeah. blown away. But I, luckily, the company that I was with was really, really cool. So the, um, <clears throat> Yeah, as someone who worked in the restaurant industry for many years, I've always hated it like Valentine's Day, like pre fee. I've always hated actually even hated serving on Valentine's Day. Because yeah, it also brings out people who don't normally ever go out to eat yeah. to these restaurants. And they actually yep. don't really know how to act. <laughs> it is also it is also the busiest day in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. for the entire year. So like Super busy. And like, so like, that's why a lot of them do the prefix one, because that is a way to control how busy Mm -hmm. people get in the kitchen. And so, yeah, I have sympathy for it, but at the same time, like you're you're a star restaurant. Prefix are designed for like every taste bud. So like, it's not going to be the most special thing if you are used to eating out like special food. Yeah. Like... The restaurant I worked at, I think, like, the Valentine's Day pre-fee had, like, steak, salmon, and, like, a roasted squash or something. Yeah. It's, you know, it, then, it's like, probably, like, soup. crowd... It's, like, the, the restaurant version of crowd management. hmm And the dessert's always, like, chocolate or cheesecake. Like, bleh. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with chocolate or cheesecake, but, you know, just, like, just a combination of just, like, basic three courses. <laughs> I think like the next time if that were ever to happen and we were in like New York or something, the next the move would be like just to go to like a ramen bar or something mm. and just eat together on a, at the bar with like some noodles. Mm. Mm. Or go to an Asian restaurant. They don't believe in pre fee. That's why I say ramen bar. Like a ramen I guess because so much of like the ramen restaurants have been like so like westernized you know oh i haven't gone into a ramen restaurant in a long long time it's been Mm -hmm. like years since i've gone into like a ramen place the thing is like i like ramen i do but it's just like so rich salty and heavy that like i just have to be in a very specific mood for it that's it that's that's exactly the reason like i think it's like so rich so salty and so heavy that i'm just Mm -hmm. like i really need to be okay with a sodium bloat for like the next 48 hours. And especially like a lot of the ramens that they serve like in the Western, like America is... They love their tonkatsu. They love their tonkatsu. They love their shiro. And it also comes to like chashu or like pork belly that's very tender, but it's always like a very, very thick cut and there's so much of it. Yes. And you don't, and it's good and you don't want to waste Mm -hmm. it. And I'm not saying like, you know, I'm not saying like, don't go to these things or these things aren't good. It's just that you have to be ready for it. You have to be in the mood for it, yo. It's like something that I would eat if I knew I wasn't going to eat anything else for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And that's never really the case when you're talking about dinner. That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd like bring on like a good bowl of pho any day. Oh, yeah. I can run a marathon after pho. Mm-hmm. I could like yeah. conquer it's like the world light. after pho. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. We're just going to take a little break and we will be right back. Yes. Oh my God. What is that? <laughs> it's for like when I go to the gym, I put on my like key uh, phone and like car key in here. So then when I go to the gym, I just have to hold this and all my stuff is with me. Does your Stanley cup have a backpack? Yeah. Oh my God. That is okay. That I. <laughs> That is like the perfect mix of excessive, but so, so cute because it's a matching color. <laughs> it is, right? It's so cute. Because when you go to the gym, you have a water bottle. And I hate like mm-hmm. using like the lockers, you know? Mm-hmm. Just so I can literally just have everything going. My like workout clothes. Oh, uh, just yeah. everything on me. I think gym, I guess, what is it? Get, when I go and use the gym, like I, mm-hmm. I need like a gym with like good lockers and stuff like that, so that I, because I do leave my stuff there. I always take a shower. I always like get mm-hmm. ready, because like it's it's that point where it's like, oh, well, I'm at if I'm at the gym, I'm like downtown. Might as well like do some work at a cafe afterwards to like maximize mm-hmm. my time out of my house. And so I I never just go in gym clothes. Uh, yeah, I like to like come home and shower. Hmm. Understandable. Different culture, you know? Yeah, it is different gym cultures. Wish they would open an Equinox here, but they will not. Mm. Well, you can move to LA. <laughs> How's the weather been there? Has it been raining like crazy? Not at all. It's been beautiful. Okay, because I heard there was like a bunch of flooding and shit recently. Oh, um, that was like um like week and a half ago. Oh. But it's, like, only, like, if you, like, live on the hills. Oh. There was, like, a, a $6 million rent mansion that was, like, right on the cliff. <gasps> I um, saw that. Not a six, like, $16 million. Think, yeah. Like, a mansion and, like, just a huge chunk of that cliff just fell off. Uh-huh. And was like, oh, my God. And the thing is, like, if you build a house on a cliff, it's mm-hmm. not insurable. Like, there's no insurance mm-hmm. on that house. Mm. So you're just going to say, I guess, <clears throat> I guess you're not worried about money at that point. It's true. It's true. Like anyone with like $16 million to throw away at a house mm-hmm. on a cliff. At that point, you probably have enough money to fix the mountain that their house is on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, we don't need insurance. We will literally just change earth. At that point, like that's probably not even like their main residency. They probably have like a bigger house somewhere. Meanwhile, you're talk, we're talking about how all you want is an island, <laughs> a kitchen island. You know, I'm just like a small town girl with big city dreams. <laughs> oh, man. And you're, you're hating on my backpack. You're the backpack on your Stanley cup? I'm drinking out of a mason jar. Mm, so humble of you. <laughs> all right, shall we get back into it? Yes. Yes. All right. So um, we've been getting flooded with a lot more viewer questions. Oh, we have more questions? We do. Oh. Aren't so you going to do the I think people have been like, curious, though? but they just couldn't like send a message before. 
You're not going to say like, and we're back or anything like that. We're just going to jump right into it. Or maybe like, if you just like segue right into it, maybe you don't even like need the whole like, we're back. Okay. That's fine. You know, it's, it's not like we have commercials to like break it up. <laughs> Wait, should you make our own commercial for the podcast? I mean, we both have companies. I don't see why we don't. We might as well. <laughs> What's like a brand that we love that um we would give them like free promotion for right now? I don't know. Kimchi Chic Beauty. <laughs> I mean, that's a given. <laughs> Are you feeling ugly? Do you feel nasty? Do you feel like a regular makeup is just not cutting it? Well, don't worry. Kim Shake Beauty is here to make you more beautiful than you've ever felt. Because true beauty starts from within. Available now in a lot of retailers, depending on which country and which area you're at. <laughs> but the main place where you could order from is www.kim. T chic beauty.com. That is K I M C H I C H I C B E A U T Y.com. Get yours now. We just recently stocked the almost catfish powder. Last time it sold out right away, and based on how it's selling, it's going to sell out pretty soon again. It might even be sold out by the time this podcast makes it on air. So good luck. Mwah. And we're back. And just like that, we're back. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so we have some listener questions. The first question is from Sophie. Sophie said, Hi, Kim and John. I love the podcast and has actually been making me laugh out loud when I'm in the supermarket recently. Is she listening to our podcast in the supermarket? That's actually not a bad idea. No, well, I guess. We like talk enough about food that people could like be inspired for dinner, I guess. I guess, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm always like weird about like having like headphones like in like public places because it was like someone calls me or. I mean, you can do like transparency mode. What's that? It's like thing when you do you have AirPods? No. They don't oh, well, there are, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of like the in-ear, there are a lot of headphones that do it where there are little microphones inside the headphones mm -hmm. so that when you turn on a transparency mode, it will actually let the sound through. So it's like a mix of like your music or your podcast, but oh. also the outside world. It's like a good safety feature. Okay. And it also makes it so you don't have to like take out your headphones when you're like talking to people sometimes. Mm. But mostly like it's great when you're like running, you can hear traffic and stuff like that. Okay. How technology. Yeah, yeah right. Now, if they only make headphones um, that won't fall out of my ear. Do you have like really big ear holes? I think so. Because like every time I put them on, they just fall out. Why don't you try? You should get the ones that like hook onto your ear. I don't know. Yeah. But the, those are like the um, Apple branded ones. And oh. for some reason, I've tried them. The sound quality is just like not that good. So I just use like the wire headphones. Mm. The beats or, are pretty but good. If you, but if you're listening to this and you have a brand that you recommend that clips into your, please send them my way because mm. like I hate spending money on like shitty electronics that like breaks after a while. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind like investing money in like a good product. But yeah. 
Yeah. Anyways, back to the question. Yeah. Back to Sophie's question. <laughs> My question is, <laughs> I live in Glasgow, which has some really good food if you know where to look for it. I love food at Glasgow. Um, people always find this surprising and say they never would have expected this from Glasgow. Is there anywhere you guys have been where you found good food that you never expected slash the food has surprised you? That's such a fun question. For those who don't know, Glasgow is in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying this to all the um, Scottish fans that I've met before. Scottish food hits. Scottish food is love Scott. I love Scottish food. But also, like, I genuinely, genuinely cannot understand Scottish accent. Oh, like, I don't think I know people English who speak is English. speaking to me, but, like, I genuinely do not understand what you're saying, so... If you ever thought like I was being rude or like not responsive or something, it's because like I genuinely don't know what you're saying. It's uh like no one teaches you how to understand Scottish accent. I don't well, I think I think for the most part, the Scots know that it they're mm-hmm. very hard to understand and they kind of like are entertained by that most of the time. Okay. At least the Scottish people that I do know. Mm-hmm. Um one thing I didn't realize is that, like, European, United Kingdom uh, in general, like, there are a lot of Americans who don't understand, like, even other English accents. Mm. Yeah. Including somebody who's really, really close to me, possibly in my household. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were watching The Great British Bake Off mm-hmm. without subtitles. Mm-hmm. And like little John was like sitting next to me and he was just staring at the TV and he was like, what language are they speaking? And I just yes, looked at no. him like, they're, they're, they're speaking in English. We have the same experience because every time I watch <laughs> anything like British, I always have to turn the subtitles on. Um, otherwise, like I'll miss like a lot of the dialogue or any like period which, pieces. Which is funny because like, you know, I, I grew up and I learned a lot of English in Hong Kong. So like there were a lot, there were quite a few people with like English or British accents around me. So I was like, oh yeah, I can just understand all of this. And I just thought that was like a universal thing. If you understand English, you understand English in like all its forms. But yeah, there are a lot of Americans for those who are listening outside who don't understand anything but the American accents or dialects. Including me. And I don't know which like region of like... um British people it is, but they say me instead of I. So they'll say like, me thinks. Me thinks. Oh, like, yeah. This pastry. I think that's just like know. certain, I think that that's just like slang or that it's just like a way people speak in certain way. I've yeah. always like been really fascinated by that. It just sounds so funny to me. It makes me think of pirates. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Are we starting to get offensive? I don't know. Well, maybe. Uh, Anyways, like inbox is filled with like hate from British people. And, like, right. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, I think Scottish and also Welsh are just especially difficult mm-hmm. dialects and accents to understand. Um, I actually, I do think that they're very pretty to listen to, though. Like, have you it, heard it of, like, like Irish people it feels like speak to someone like with like a severe lisp? Oh my god. <laughs> a lot of. 
Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so maybe that wow. Yeah, maybe I should wow. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But that's what it sounds like to me. Gosh, you were just canceled too. Oh my god. <laughs> I guess that would be the equivalent of like when white people go like, well, Asian people sound ching chong chong. Right, right. So you know what? I apologize. I did not mean to offend anyone. I take everything I set back. Um, uh, but so you've been to Scotland? I have not. Okay. I've just had the opportunity to eat a lot of Scottish food. There's a Scottish bakery in Metro mm-hmm. Detroit called Ackroyd's. Do they sell Iron Brew? I'm sure Everybody they do. In Scotland I drinks so much Iron Brew for some reason. I tasted it. Isn't that a soda? It, yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah, it might have been like the Scottish Swedish, food but... in general is like very rich. It is very rich. Yeah, it's very rich. Um, like I. There were, I went through a period where I was like eating haggis like once a month. Oh, haggis is delicious. And haggis if you don't know what haggis so is, good. and if you want to try it, eat it first and then look up what it is. Yeah. Don't look Just up don't what be it a vegetarian, first. but like, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's not for vegetarians to, to do this, but eat it first and find out what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, it is, it's so good. It as is, well as yeah. like the blood sausage. I, I love me the blood sausage. Mm-hmm. And, um, all of their different kinds of like savory pies. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not called black sausage. It's called like black pudding. Black pudding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, to actually answer their question mm-hmm. about um, like what, where it surprised you. Remember when we took that trip to Twin Cities, mm-hmm. Minneapolis, Minneapolis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the food there was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like any like. Um, like city that's like a hub, um, like in a major city, usually it's like a pretty vibrant dining scene. Mm-hmm. So that, like, that didn't surprise me, like that the food oh. was good. The only thing that was like weird to me was, everybody, when I say everybody, everybody raved about this one restaurant. And I'm not going to say what type of restaurant it is because I'm not trying to start drama. But every single person talk, we talked to, like said, have you ever been to this restaurant? Oh, they serve like this type of food, like which you won't find anywhere else. That is so good. Oh, and when yeah. we went, the food was like so bad. Like not a single course was remotely edible or even tasted good. <laughs> and I was oh, like, God. like look, the fact that everybody was raving about this restaurant and everybody oh, from like various we groups felt- of people. Oh my god! Okay, I wasn't talking about that restaurant. I was talking no, about no, like no, every but, other. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but it got to the point. Back to this place. Uh, but it got to the point where I felt kind of gaslit. Yeah. <laughs> for where, like, am I crazy? Am I like I always thought that I have a pretty decent, pretty open-minded mm-hmm. palate. But like, why is all of this bad? Like everything tasted like dirt. Yeah. Like legit. It was so, yeah. Bad. Like objectively, it tastes like dirt. Just like nothing bad. tasted good. Bad. No. Yeah. So overseas wise, um, I think Taiwan was the biggest surprise for me. Because the oh. first time I went to Taiwan, I didn't have any expectations. And I like didn't know much about like the food culture there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like already in South Korea. And then they asked like, hey, do you want to like come over for this game? And I'm like, whatever. I'll just like go in and then like go back out. But all the food that I have in Taiwan was like so good, but not just good, but some of the best food I've ever had to the point where I ended up extending my trip and to the point where I like 
it is like one of my places to like go visit now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Taiwan like really shocked me. Like food from anywhere is good. Even like any food of like the street vendors to like any restaurants. Like we've never had bad meal in Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is very true. That I agree with that. And then um another place that surprised me with their food scene was actually Vancouver. Um mm. Vancouver has like a lot of amazing restaurants and like businesses that are all amazing, especially like Asian food. Mm. Oh, I will say one place that surprised me with how good the food was. And for me to say this now sounds like I'm fucking crazy. And like, why would I ever like think this or be surprised by that? But um, it was, well, it's not a, a Lima in Peru. Cause when we went like the, me and the reason why I took my first trip to Peru mm-hmm. was because it was when Zika was hitting i guess zika was a Mm -hmm. thing and so flights to peru were super super cheap Mm. and i didn't know anything about the city i didn't well not city i didn't know anything about like lima or or anything about the country so i was just like okay well let's go it's three or two hundred dollars for a round trip ticket we're just gonna go um and then we got down there and i was like oh okay this just happens to be some of the most like impressive respected cuisine in like South America period. And like during that time, I guess like Peru wasn't, was still like, it was still very much up and coming. It was almost there at that point. Like it was almost Mm -hmm. like internationally recognized at that point, but it hadn't quite been like the center yet. And now it's like the center of cuisine in South America pretty much. Um, So yeah, I will say like that was a place that surprised me when I went and it's yeah. not surprising at all now. Yeah, Peruvian food was really, really good. Incredible. Like all the ingredients they use and like a lot of it's like so fresh and like all that seafood and mm-hmm. yeah. Peruvian so many food. different kinds of fusion. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Were there any places that you were disappointed with the food? But I'm not saying maybe like not the cuisine overall, but I guess your experience wise. Yeah. Um No. I will say like no there's there's very few there there's like no situation that I can think of where I visited a place and did not have a meal that I enjoyed. Mhm. Cuz I can also like switch that part of my brain off. Mhm. Like the only t- well it was that that one restaurant that we were talking about. Like there was yeah. I think that was probably one of the only times that I can like constantly remember where like the meal was bad. And the only reason why I did not like the meal as much as I did was like, I felt like it was a scam. Mm. I felt like almost like the people cooking were in on it and they knew what they were doing. And that made it like just an unpleasant experience for me. But otherwise, like if even like, I don't know. I can find something good to like about pretty much anything I'm eating in front of me. Cause I won't put myself in a situation where I was like, I'm not, I'm ready to not like this meal. I'll try anything and I'll mm-hmm. try to enjoy anything. But yeah. For me, what about you? that was um, Brazil. And I love, you're I not love the Brazilian. first person to tell me about that. Tell I love Brazilian stuff. food, but um, <clears throat> just from my experience when I was there was, um, I think I mentioned it before. I asked them, like, mm-hmm. oh, where's the local seed on local seed at home? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, that doesn't help me. And then a lot of these promoters for like the Brazilian shows kept taking me to like buffets. But these were like all very like mid buffets. Like everything was just kind of like lukewarm and the food was kind of like bland. So finally I was like, please, like, could you take me somewhere like that's not a buffet? And he's like, okay. Then he took me to another buffet. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, like I want to experience like, you know, like what Brazil has to offer. I just don't want to eat at like these like mediocre buffets over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my like Brazilian experience. Um, and then when we were on Work the World Tour, um, like there wasn't that much like chance to like go out and explore either. So, um, and then in a lot of the cities, like the promoters made it sound like if I were to like go out, like I will get robbed. So like, don't go out like on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, it's really dangerous, but I'm like, is it? But also like, I don't want to risk it either, you know? Right. Like someone like who doesn't speak Portuguese. And also, like, it's it's hard when you're at the mercy of somebody who may not enjoy or appreciate food the same way that you do. Mm-hmm. Or especially, like, <clears throat> in, 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 like, when you're working in, like, entertainment and stuff like that. And a lot of times food is just, like, fuel for some people. Yeah. And having that being your, having a person like that be your host is just like, oh, God, this, this is going to be so bad, like, mm-hmm. in food-wise. Yeah, and yeah, you can't really. It's obviously don't you know base your opinion on a on a city. Which cities were you at? Um, like a lot of big ones. Um, Rio, Rio. Sao Paulo, yeah. Porto Alegre, um, Recife. Oh, um, Brasilia, mm, Brasilia, and I'm sure like you know these party and club promoters and stuff like that. They're not native to those places either. To like every, they haven't been and lived in every single city and know mm-hmm. every place to go into in every single city. So, cause like, I know like, uh, at least in Sao Paulo, there are some of the best restaurants in the world that are based there. Yeah. I just didn't get to experience You just them, you know? didn't get to go to any of them. I wanted to. <laughs> but like, you know, it's hard to compare and like, it, it's hard to compare, especially when you are talking, comparing like an experience like that, to like the time that you went to India mm-hmm. and then you had like probably one of the most amazing gastronomic oh, for experiences sure. you yeah. ever had in your life. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference when you're like being taken out or being kind of like shown a country by somebody who loves food versus somebody who like doesn't really value food. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And different people have like a different idea of like seeing cities. Some people that is like, going out and like club hopping yeah um and then like grabbing like some like you know like hungover food somewhere and then like sleeping all day and repeating the next day for some people mm-hmm. it's like waking up early and going to the sites spots. yeah and for some people it's like just going to like different restaurants or like visiting like you know everyone has like a different meaning yeah of, and that's you know? the type of tourist that i am like i'm a person that mm-hmm. likes to go and eat places where I wouldn't be able to eat at home. I actually don't really care so much about seeing like a building. You know, I feel the same way. And a lot of times, like if I see it, if I'm driving by, that's fine. That's good enough yes. for me. That but, is but enough I don't for me. To, like go inside. <clears throat> yes. And, like touch the walls or anything because all the tour spots, guess what? They all look exactly the same as dozen pictures and you see it. And yep. I'm like, okay. Except so the difference is like the pictures, like, Oftentimes mm-hmm. are not like packed full of tourists taking photos. Yeah. So they're oftentimes nicer 
in the mm-hmm. photos. And so, yeah, I want to experience the food. And if I want to go see sights, maybe I'll go for a run. Mm-hmm. When I was in DC, I went for a run in, and I like ran and like during my run saw all the monuments. And that was like my favorite way to go and see all those because I was just like there and gone. Yeah, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Maybe snap a couple photos, but that's all you need, you know? Yeah. Well, we have time for one more question. Okay, so the next question is... It took us half an hour to answer this <laughs> I know. We, we can't get any sidetracked. She asked about like food you like in a different town, and we're like, we hate this. <laughs> and also... Iron Brew, LOL. Iron Brew. And also, we don't understand British accents. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, hello. I have a listener question. Mm-hmm. Last night, I went out for dinner for one of my husband's friend's birthday, and there were two people at dinner that I've never met before. We get to the restaurant, and it's an all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue. We're a table of six, so we pretty much ordered everything in the menu, including duck carts, duck kidneys, and ox tongue. Keep in mind that we ordered these items. No one forced us to. So the food comes, and right away, the two new people start pointing at the organs and gagging. They were calling them gross and weird and daring everyone to eat a heart. This felt so juvenile, and I just said, we should all try it since we ordered it. But the gagging and the giggling continued. I was annoyed. Shall I read in a dramatic way? I was annoyed. There are all white people in a Korean restaurant and was beyond rude. I rolled my eyes and I called them children and said nothing else. I don't know these people and won't have much contact with them. They are friends of friends. Oh my God. Just wondering what both of you would have done. Well, okay, first of all, my question is duck cars, duck kidneys, and ox tongue is not a traditional part of like K barbecue. That's what I um, was thinking too, though. Like, and also, this is something like an all you can eat restaurants, like, it's rarely an option in the all you can eat restaurants menu. So, yeah. I'm curious to see like what kind of restaurant this was. Were they at like a it almost sounds that's like they were like a Chinese, you, like. Well, that's what bar, I was like, thinking. I was skewer. like, okay, that, yeah, or because duck tongue is something that we eat, but like yeah, none of the other tongue. things, yeah, or duck hearts or duck kidneys, yeah. Maybe they were at like a Chinese Korean barbecue, like no. maybe there are like a, lot a of Chinese, yeah. yeah, Chinese own Korean barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, in which case, like that, those are also not things that I would eat on a hot plate, though. Also, these are not things I would eat at an all-you-can-eat barbecue place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, but to each your own, you know, if that's what you have, that's what you have. Yeah. But um, I guess um, there's like a part about like reading the room, I guess. Yeah. Because for me, like I love like a lot of like exotic ingredients, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not exotic to me, but like for like an average, like. Becky. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like chicken feed or yeah. even like small intestine or large intestine. It's like too weird for people that didn't grow up eating it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like something like that is something I would order if I was like with a friend that I know would appreciate it. 
Yeah. And not necessarily something that I'll order strangers. Not because I want to like deprive myself or anything, but most people, I don't, I don't want to say most people. A lot people. of times it's like, no, that it, it's guarding your peace. Mm-hmm. It's like protecting your peace where it's like, we're just so used to like in the past having to deal with it to the point where like, we just wouldn't order that kind of stuff if we knew if we didn't know the people that we were dining with just because like, you know, there is no, especially cause you know, we wouldn't, if we were going to a place and we were ordering that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, we would go to a place that specialized in kind of, we would go to an intestine restaurant. Yeah. And in that sense, like, you know, we would also know who to bring to that kind of thing. Like there's a lot of layers to this where mm-hmm. I think we just wouldn't be, ever be in that situation. And that is interesting. And that like brings me to like the group that that person was with. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you like those two people who are gagging and stuff like that, if they were eating at a table with us there, they probably wouldn't be doing the things that they were doing. Like... It was very interesting to me that this person saying that like, oh, we are a table of white people. And when white people are around strictly white people, the thing that the, the things that they do and they say when they're comfortable are completely different than the things that they do when they're around other people of color. That's true. And I'm not like, you know, it's not even, I'm not even saying it in a disparaging way or anything like that. Well, that's just... That is literally just how it goes. Code switching, right? Well, not really. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In a way. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like, just like, you know, what some people, some people are just more comfortable showing their true colors when they're not around people of color. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, in that situation, I don't think, and then that's why I would say is like, well, for Kim and I, like, as people who really value food, eating interesting things, we already know who we're going to go out to eat with. And if we don't, we already have the place figured out and we already have like the things ordered. We wouldn't be, it would be very, very unlikely that we'd be in that mm-hmm. situation to begin with. But if we were in that situation, I don't know, how would you react? I don't <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I mean, for, okay, first of all, K-Barbecue... I so I have no problem like educating people on like how do you keep barbecue and mm-hmm. and things like that. But sometimes there is a point for me where it gets a little bit exhausting mm-hmm. to constantly go to keep barbecue with people who's never done it before. Yeah, because um, not only have to, you know explaining like how to do keep barbecue is fine, but then I have to explain everything that's there. From you know, then that's like what every single side dish is, what every single cut of meat is, yeah, and like how to eat it, and then like what are all these different sauces for? Do you have to use all of them? It's literally like teaching someone like how to walk. Hot and, hot is the exact same way, mm-hmm. and it's and again, I have no problem doing it. You know, for people that I'm friends with, and I love to like teach you experience, so we could like enjoy it together next time too. But if it's going to be a bunch of people that I'm like never gonna see again. I wouldn't put myself like, through that. I don't want to be that, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be your token experience. Like, oh, I came barbecue for the first time and this Korean guy ordered for us. And, yeah, you know, and, but, but that actually happens a lot. Be like, oh, my friends, I want to go like, hey, barbecue for the first time. Like, will you come with us? I'm like, I just mm-hmm. met you and I don't know you. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? No, but I think what the question is like, what would you do in a situation where somebody was like making gagging noises at the food in front of you? Whether, okay, let's make it more interesting. Whether like, mm-hmm. whether it was your own food or not. Cause mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't think it would make a difference if it was the two of us, but like if a person was like, you know, making gagging noises. Mm-hmm. I guess um, I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't have ordered those cups to begin with. Yeah. Um, so I guess like I would have asked like, well, what kind of like custom meat do you normally like? Yeah. But for the sake of the argument, you were at a table. Maybe it wasn't a Korean restaurant. Yeah. Something was brought but into your getting... table. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> right. <laughs> <clears throat> but also, you know, I have told people, you know, like that's very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I've had this conversation with... No offense to all the white listeners, but it's always mm. white people that I always have this conversation with. Um, over, like, I've had to tell, uh, oh my God, especially like, um, on like a lot of these like big tours that I've been on, you're with like all different types of personalities. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm always like, okay, so for example, this one time we were at a rest stop. And rest stop at two restaurants, a greasy American diner and an Indian restaurant. So uh, one of like the um, show assistant and I, we decided to get Indian food and everyone else decided to go for like the greasy American diner. Whatever, get whatever food you want yeah. of your life. But every single person that was going to the American greasy diner is like, I cannot believe you're going to eat Indian food and get back on the bus. Like, don't have a diarrhea on the bus. You know, you're not allowed to shit on the bus. And... I was like extremely offended. Like, what makes you think like this Indian food I'm about to eat is automatically going to give me diarrhea over this like greasy cheeseburger and fries dipped in ranch that you're going to be eating? Yeah. Just because like I'm, I'm eating like an ethnic food, automatically you're associating with diarrhea and like being sick. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So I told him like that's really offensive, and it's like, well, we don't want to smell that like on the bus, and I'm like. I'll be eating the food. I'm not bringing leftovers. And also, like, even if it did, like, I smell your, like, shitty alcohol breath all the time. Yeah. So, at some point, you just have to, like, throw it on the gun. It's like, you're being offensive. Yeah. Like, for food, you know, like, just, like, a lot of people's soul and heart. Yeah. You know, so it's, just because you don't like it doesn't mean you get to... Yakare people, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> not even that. It's like, you know, passing judgment on how like an entire specific type of people like nourish themselves or a cross section mm-hmm. of people and how they nourish themselves. Like that's so much. And that's that stereotype of like Indian food in particular is such bullshit. It was like crafted. It It was started by a bunch of people who couldn't handle any type of spice because mm-hmm. of their own cuisine. Like it has nothing to do with like the cleanliness of the of a cuisine or whatnot. Like Indian food is really actually good for your stomach. Like mm-hmm. people don't realize that a lot of their spices and stuff like that is like just so centered like around aiding and... digestion and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's always some. It's always like some ignorant people that is like projecting their ignorance onto an entire cuisine. Like spice is like considered medicine in a lot of like these, not these, but like a lot of cultures. Yeah, totally, totally. And like, you're going to tell me like fucking a double cheeseburger over like a fucking and some fries is going to be better for you than not. Oh, that makes me so annoyed. But I guess that would also be like 
my answer if somebody was like gagging at a bunch of food that was brought to the table, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I would probably just like call them out, ask them to stop, make a point of eating it even more because I'm, Mm -hmm. that's just like my personality. But like, again, and and I probably would just never make a point never to see those people again. Because it also is reflective on who you are as a person. Like it is, it is a red flag. Yeah. Also, this is just like a random pet peeve of mine. And I don't even know if I'm like allowed to be annoyed at this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you ever have people that just like randomly decides to like hate an ingredient and they can't tell you why? Like, and they Mm. don't really have like a reason, but they'll just say like, oh, I don't like this ingredient. And then they like make it their personality that they hate this ingredient. No, I don't think, not recently. I don't think, I also am not around a lot of people, <laughs> but, and, and, and the people that I am around happen to be in like the food business. So mm. I'm very blessed that, you know, I, I'm around a lot of open-minded people or at the very least, if they don't like something, mm-hmm. there is a reason behind it. Um, but normally like what I come across a lot is people who don't like anise flavor and licorice flavors, which I'm mm. trying to put on a, I'm bringing on a redemption tour with yeah. me because I think it's great. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't come across people like that. And if I, and I guess if I did, I would make a point to like also leave and never see them again really quickly mm-hmm. because I, yeah. Like I have one friend who just told me like, oh, I don't like green onion. And I was like, I see you eating green onion all the time. It's like, no, I don't like it when it's like chopped up. I only like it when it's shredded. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so you eat green onion, but you don't like green onion? But also, oh, I don't, only if it's like caught in a specific way? That and, makes no Yeah, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. And I don't know. I think if if there is some... I also think it's a red flag when somebody makes not liking anything a core mm-hmm. pillar of their personality. Yeah. Because that means even to them, they think that that is one of the most interesting things about them. Mm-hmm. So if one of the most interesting things about you is like what you don't like, then I, I don't have the energy for that. Maybe I just know way too many terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I have one of the best things that people can do to work on themselves is like don't don't make it about what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you do like. It's about what's within. Sure, like dumplings, like food. What is like in food. you? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's our podcast for the week. Um, I think we are almost hitting at like two hours for this one. Oh my God. We got really chatty. <laughs> we got really chatty. We might have to make this a two-parter. No, it's fine. We'll just make this a, yeah, you can make this a two-parter, whoever's listening. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a one-parter. Maybe, maybe they just want to hear us talk. Maybe, maybe. Anyways, um, thank They're going to see like the timestamp on this and be like, oh my God, is this like a season finale? <laughs> <laughs> They're oh, like, <really>? finally. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Well, well, thank you for um, listening and subscribing and sharing because I know that's exactly what you're going to be doing. And if you have any questions, um, submit it to our Instagram, one for the table. That is number one for the table. And this is Kimchi. And this is John Kung. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>